Hey guys, this is Liz Cambay. This is Nikki Collins. What up, guys? This is Ethan Stark. Hey, this is Imani Lee Stafford. Hey, this is Jordan Canada. This is Asia Wilson. Welcome to the WNBA Nation. WNBA Nation! Logan, I do need a favor for the goodness of our listeners, especially if anyone here happens to be new. We've got a lot going on here at WNBA Nation. Would you mind uh, heading over to, to Shameless Plug Corner, letting everyone know where they can find us, what we've got going on? And Yeah, welcome to Plug Corner. This is this is your host, Logan Jones. Uh, the website is WNBANation.com. You can find the blogs. You can find Ooh. a link to our awesome store. Um, the Twitter, which still exists and is active, um, a couple months ago that was in question, but looks like it's going to survive at least another year. Um, at WNBA Nation Pod, that's where you can join the conversation, women's basketball and, uh, real time free agency updates over there on Twitter. We also have a TikTok. Uh, makes me feel old, but, uh, we do have one and I think it's pretty good. I don't know what you think about the, the TikToks. I know we've, We've now gotten to the point where Steve and I share several TikToks with one another every day, and it's uh, it's a highlight of my day. So we're on TikTok, we're on Twitter, we got the website, we got the store, and as always, if you leave a five star review uh, in whatever app you use to listen to our podcast, we will read it on the air and give you a shout out because we really appreciate that sort of thing. That more than anything else helps us uh, get the name and, and brand WMB Nation out there to more listeners, and obviously that's something that we want to do as we drive towards the Final Four. Uh, March Madness bracket stuff, free agency stuff, and then the season when we actually get yes, underway yes. in the summer. Absolutely. If anything, you'll want to be connected with us on TikTok uh, because as of recent, you'll get a chance to see fellow host Kyle Haywood and what I would call his exquisite mustache game. We need um, we need takes on the mustache. I don't really have any, yeah. but I would like to know what the listeners think of the mustache. I am. I'm so team mustache. It's almost embarrassing. It's a whole new side of, of Sergeant Haywood that I've never seen before. And I'm, <laughs> I'm into it, but we, I also know we, we have a lot of big decisions coming up here wise on the show. Cause, cause Steve is trying to decide whether or not the bald thing is going to be, I like may go shave again. Yeah. I may go bald top again. And Kyle, Kyle's trying out the Miles Teller Top Gun thing, and I don't have yeah. anything to contribute to this. But Maybe that'll be a thing. We'll ask fan, we'll ask fans to stylize the show. Like, <laughs> where does my hair go? Where does his stash go? What are we going to do here? How's it all going to work? Um, that's the fun of it. But getting back into the swing of things, uh, we have two main topics we wanted to hit. I know, Logan, you wanted to take some time to hit on college ball. Before we do that, I did want to ask one more question as we're looking at the rest of free agency make itself known. We have had a lot of other key signings. Azra Stevens heading over to the Sparks. The return of Sam Bam, uh, Sammy Whitcomb to Seattle. Also joining Kia Nurse, who's going to be moving over to the Storm. So some interesting moves. Um, Tisha Heidemann staying over the Connecticut Sun. Chicago making a couple additional moves, including Courtney Williams, which should be... Uh, you know, I, I think, uh, an exciting boost because I know they've had a rough week of things as far as just changes overall. Crystal Dangerfield to Dallas. I mean, we have a lot of intriguing moves. Things now that some of these bigger moves have come in, you're starting to see the rosters click pretty quickly into shape. 
That said, I think they're in the hype and discussion and fanfare and the pomp and circumstance of what's going on in New York and what's going on in Vegas. There have been a handful of teams that probably just are not feeling as encouraged as others. And thus, I want to open up the discussion. I'm going to limit it to two squads. You probably could go deeper if you wanted to. But right now, who do you feel a little bit worse for, Chicago or Seattle? I think I have to feel worse for Chicago. And I I think it's just because the Seattle thing, I guess we kind of expected both. But I think Seattle was easier to see coming. Um, I I think the yeah. expectation for the offseason has gone pretty similar to what a Seattle fan might have expected. Of course, there was the chance that Stewie would have stayed and that Vandersloot would have come to Seattle, and that would have been very fun. But you've still got Jewel Lloyd. Um, you have an organization that I think you can trust to not enter a five-year rut of just being like in the cellar of the league. I, I think they'll bounce back quickly. Um it it just doesn't feel like there's utter destruction going on to Seattle's roster because you already said goodbye to Sue Bird at her you know retirement party at the end of last season. I think the Stewie one the one year deal kind of was like the writing was on the wall, so it was just easier to cope with. Um, Chicago, you could also kind of see a changing of the guard coming, but you were hoping to hold on for another year, and now it's like oh big rebuild, like we're we're in it right like. You got Clea Copper, you picked up Courtney Williams, still got a good coach, but you're going to have to hit on some draft picks. You're going to have to make some interesting trades. Your your star player, Candace Parker, who was there for two years, um, left because she's like, I want to go win championships, which would signal to Chicago fans that that's probably not something that is on the table for the next couple of years for Chicago. Who knows how quickly they can bounce back. Um, similar to Seattle, I trust that organization and that coach to handle things and to get back in the mix pretty quickly. I, there's, there's a weird, like lukewarm place in the WNBA for like the Dallas's and Indiana's of the world who just can't seem to like get anything going. Um, I, I think Chicago and Seattle will both be fine, but definitely on Twitter, at least it, it feels like sky fans are really going through it this week. So they're probably who's a little bit more uh, deserving of our sympathy right now. I think Storm fans, in a way, um, one of the tough pieces to this is, in my opinion, like the, I think it was the hype of this move. The, the interesting thing with Candace, uh, leaving Chicago, for instance, was there was a high chance she'd stay in Chicago. And a lot of the discussion was maybe she'd go back to LA. And then the discussion of Vegas was at the last second, but, before the move happened, it was kind of open. It was, the discussion there, was, like the narrative there was like mystery. It was like, who, what's she going to choose? Mm-hmm. I think if you're a Seattle fan, you feel like any, if you're the only people, the Storm fans were the only people not openly and actively hoping and rooting for Brianna Stewart to go to New York. And that's where the frustration comes from. That's fair. And that's, as, like, a, as a like, Portland like, uh, Why can't we Portland, root for her to stay here? Yeah. As a Portland guy and a Damian Lillard guy, I know what it's like to have the national media just clamor for your team to move on from a player that you're like, why, like, why don't people come to us? How come he has to go somewhere for you to care? You know, I get what that's like. So you're, that's a very valid point to be like, how come, how come no one's rooting for Stewie to stay in Seattle and just be a lifer and, 
you know, make make do be the next Sue Bird. Just stay here forever. That's fair. Yeah. So I think it, there's some merit to that level of discussion. Um, I think as a Chicago fan, it's extra tough because um, Ali Quigley and Courtney Vandersloot were huge mainstays of your roster for a long time. They were one of the initial pieces of what ended up becoming a championship roster. And, you know, obviously it was very exciting, but was a huge, that was a huge buildup for that crew. And to lose them was very much losing the heart of your roster. Candace Parker came home. It was a lot of excitement, won a championship. Things didn't pull together the same in the second year. And then just like that, she's gone. Um, now all of a sudden it's just like, do you recognize the same roster that you have? Um, and you know, you still have a, a strong nest of talent that's being added to it as we speak, but that's a hard discussion. Whereas like, I think for them, it was very much, this all seemed to happen so quickly. And with Seattle, it was almost like waiting for that pending doom. Like this was always going to happen. I feel like when the John Cole Jones trade happened, there was a little hope instilled in Seattle fans. Like, Oh, maybe this will be enough to keep that mm-hmm. from happening. Um, and they didn't quite see the details in the wings there, but it's tough. And also for Chicago fans, it's just kind of, this is almost what they've grown used to over the past decade or so, unfortunately, between Sylvia Fowles, Elena Deladon, and now this, um, I'd be interested in opinions of Chicago fans of like, where does Candace and Courtney and Allie moving on? Like, where does that rank in your position with the, you know, if you were to rank losing Sill, losing Deladon, and then this offseason, like where do you, where do you rank like the change of those? Because because that Sill Deladon team got to a final and nearly put it together, and then very quickly left. This team managed to win a championship and then quickly left. And so I'm interested to like I'd be interested to hear like Sky fans' reactions like where this compares to those changes because it's a tough move, but. I was just kind of interested in that because I think it's at one point I was thinking about us just having like each assigning us to give a pep talk to each roster of like, Hey, (laughs) I know things are bleak now. You know, you know what team isn't getting a lot of discussion in this that I think could is Connecticut. Yeah. Connecticut has made consistent deep runs for a long time, but I, I feel like there's a narrative you've passed around. That's like, how many bites did you have at the cherry? <laughs> yeah, and I, I think uh, and opportunities did you have and maybe I'm just way, time to move on. Yeah, maybe I'm way off here. I, I don't think Connecticut fans are probably thrilled about seeing the twenty twenty one MVP up in New York on a super team, but I think they knew something had to change. Um Kurt Miller going to LA and some roster movement. But I I understand whether like if they're skeptical because the idea of improving those don't feel like moves that are going to improve the team right now, but you almost feel like you've, you've played that same hand so many times in a row that you do kind of have to shuffle the deck now and, and start to figure other things out. So I, I would be cautiously optimistic going into the season if I was a Connecticut fan, but with the understanding that like, yeah, like we, we might've missed our window, but at least we're trying something new now. Um, and that's, I think as a fan, sometimes the even the the roster that is really good that you get really attached to, it can grow stale if you keep falling short of your goal. And it's kind of nice to see some movement. Yeah, totally. No, I I, I totally feel you there. Um, 
that I think puts a good cap on our WNBA discussions for today. Obviously, there's still more free agency discussion to come. We're leading up into the draft over the next couple of months. But Logan, I know you wanted to make sure we had time for this. We, on top of all this free agency, this was an extremely exciting week in the college game. If people are just getting their feet wet into the college season, you might want to start doing it quickly. It's going to be March before way too long. Um, so I, I wanted to kick it over to you to kind of discuss, you know, what, what have been the big hit stories? Um, I mean, we just watched Caitlin Clark lose her mind. Oh, Caitlin Clark's so cool. But she's, but, uh, yeah, it's been a, it's been a fun week that's kind of starting to create the narrative for what we're going to see toward the end of the college season. I, I hope Iowa makes it far in the March Madness tournament purely because I think she's captured a lot of national fervor. We'll say, I, I think she's got a lot of eyes on her and would, I think she'd be very good for the game. If she went far, I think people are starting to clue into the fact that she's very fun to watch. She's even if you're not, I always a become a point. Fan. I think, I think Iowa on, on the ESPN network has kind of become appointment television. Yeah. 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 And that's, that's always, like, it's a trending topic. It's yeah. as, as, as fans of the WBA and women's college basketball year round, like we know there's more than just that discussion point to talk about, but I think for fans that are kind of finding an entryway into like, maybe I'll fill out a, a women's bracket this year. Caitlin Clark is one of the big draws. Uh, you've got South Carolina looking virtually unstoppable behind Aaliyah Boston. That's not anything new, although there hasn't been a repeat champion. Uh, I think since let's see, 2015, 2016 was the UConn back to back. Um, so it's, it's been, it's been a little bit since someone was able back to, back, yeah. To go twice in a row, and and at this point, it looks like South Carolina would have to go undefeated. Um, just it, it just feels like something that would be the cherry on top of a great career for Boston if if that happened, and so it'd be pretty cool to see. Um, but there's a there's movement in the rankings that is very fun. Um, Indiana is still only a one loss team; they're very good. Ohio State kind of got crushed this past week; they lost three in a row, and they're dropping in the standings quite a bit. Um, there's a lot of teams that you can choose to trust or not to trust depending on how much you like it. I know NC state was just upset by Georgia tech um, on the road at Georgia tech. That was a big one. They're expected to be a good team in the tournament. Uh, in fact, they had just beat number seven North, uh, not North Notre Dame uh, and then lost at Georgia tech. Um, so there is just, it's a confusing year. It's a fun, confusing year, which means it's going to be chaos in the bracket, which I think is going to be very fun. Um, there's, there's a team, we talked about a little bit in pre-record that I think is worth addressing here. Um, just, I know this is just the tail end of the episode, but if you've been paying attention to Angel Reese and what she's doing with LSU this year, that's a very intriguing team. Um, they are, they played a, a weak non-conference schedule. They're 10 and 0 in the SEC, but the SEC might be having a down year. Uh, I'm wondering, Steve, how far you at this point in time would be willing to take Angel Reese's LSU Tigers regardless of their coach being a terrible person. Right now, LSU feels like a potential Final Four team. I want to see how they pair up against South Carolina, especially come SEC tournament time um, and when the heat's purely on for them. But, I mean, um, that roster looks as locked in and exciting as hungry as we've seen. Um, I mean, Reese obviously has been the the biggest discussion point there. Alexis Morris has been fantastic uh, in the backcourt as well. So very exciting team. Um, their coaches, you know, she exists. Um, but the 
but they're a fun team to watch. So if you're if you're rooting for the Tigers, I get it because they're a really fun team. But the test is upcoming. I mean, we'll see what, how how they fare against A&M. That may not be much, but they do have. Uh, we have a juggernaut matchup coming up, like appointment TV the tw- on February twelfth, ESPN, um, against South Carolina, and I think that's where one of the main tests. But my thing is, regardless of how that plays out, I want to see how they bounce up in the tournament uh, for the SEC. If they if they put in a strong showing and at least put themselves into the finals of that tournament, I'm willing to comfortably call LSU a Final Four team. I mean, they do look really nice. good, uh, but yeah. Yeah, I I agree. Yeah. I, I I think I like them a lot, despite some of the concerns about their schedule. Um, there's there's just there's, there's a lot of teams to cover, and so I, I feel like this whole pod I've been very scatterbrained. But um, the the SEC has been super interesting this year because we thought it was going to be maybe the strongest conference, and instead it's kind of given way, I think, to a few others. Um, one of which being, I, I think the Pac-12 is back. Um, it really looks like Stanford is going to be your Pac-12 champ because they're still Stanford and they're still yeah, like if if you're going to throw money on a team to make the Final Four, they're probably a safe bet. But Utah just recently uh, topped UCLA, um, who was number eight in the rankings at the time. Their only losses this year are a wonky loss on the road at Colorado, and then to Stanford, who's going to be the big dog in the Pac-12 for as long Stanford. as they've got Haley Jones there. So, um, so yeah, Utah's on the map. Um, I think the Pac-12 is really good. I, I don't think you should forget about UCLA just yet either. Um, we're this isn't quite, you know, we're not quite to bracket season yet, but we're into February, uh, and so it's just worth paying attention to like what conferences are good, what teams are making moves, um, who's playing well right now, and who's not. And so I think I think that's as much update as I can I can give right now without getting really deep into some other stuff that's more in the weeds, but. Um, it's it's going to be a very fun tournament. <laughs> it's it's a fun tournament every year. Maybe that's redundant to say, but after South Carolina, there's about 20 teams that I can realistically see making the final four. Honestly, yeah. I, I think that there's high potential across the board. Um, Notre Dame's one that I want to call out. Unfortunately, losing Dara Mabry for the rest of the season is going to make that tough on them, but... Olivia Miles and, and uh, Sonny Citrone really picked up a lot of the weight there. So I think there's high potential that if they play at an unconscious level, they could do really well. Um, I don't know if I'm star-crossed for this Indiana team or not. I just feel like they got it in them, and I want to see them put a run in. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Uh, Outside I of, you know, like, Iowa and LSU, they've been the team heart. I've most enjoyed watch play. Yeah, they're just, they're just a fun team to watch. Um... But yeah, I mean, a lot to get excited about in terms of college, especially as free agency comes to a close and getting ready and, and stoked for the draft. Of course, we're only a few weeks away. Then it's going to be March Madness season well and before we know it. So there's a lot to look forward to. But Logan, I think that really covers the gambit of things for us today. Anything else you wanted to bring to the table before we call today? That's it. That's the gambit. Thanks for joining us for another, uh, I, I feel like every time we drop an episode, another cool free agency thing happens. So brace yourselves. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, well, if I believe that will do it, it's like the fourth time I've said that'll do it. But uh, with that, we'll, we'll head on to another exciting week in the world of women's basketball. We have some really fun stuff coming up 
on the podcast next week. Uh, we're looking to lock in a guest or two that you should be excited about. So keep your ears peeled for that. But until all then, thanks again for listening to this episode of WNBA Nation. I'm Steve Haywood. And I'm Logan Jones. And we got you next time. No, I'll see you later. You